and welcome back to Fully Equipped Golf.com's Jonathan Wall here, joined as always by my colleague Andrew Tursky and True Specs Chris McCormick. Guys, what's going on? Came to pod today. Hey, well, how are you? Let's go. Yeah, I wish I wish I wish people could listen to the. I mean, it takes us probably thirty minutes to get going before we actually start recording this podcast. And, <laughs> I know. Thirty just, minutes. Just gotta get it fired up. We hit the thirty minutes before we hit the record button. Hilarity usually ensues. So off the rails. Um, we right can, we can we totally pod. do a pod. I, I, I mean, the discussion is all over the map. It's 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 usually I don't it, it might even be better than the podcast. I don't I don't know if I really should be saying that, but we need yeah. a pre-show and after-show. We got to get that going. <laughs> okay, let's let's do this. If if people would genuinely listen to like a pre-show or an after-show of this pod, send us a, send us a DM. Like I I see I genuinely want to know if people would listen to to just the shit that gets thrown around it's yeah because we uh we talked about that maybe doing an after show so hit us up at fully equipped golf on instagram quick plug already but hit us up because uh we want to know we want to know could, we could even get producer mark to to hop on the pod maybe he could maybe he could uh point out our our mistakes throughout throughout the episode he needs to be on the show in some way he is. He's, he's, Shout out he's producer Mark. A, he's the best. He's always a guiding light for this podcast. Without producer Mark, we would we would not be where we are today. Big ups. All right. Well, we we've got some fun topics this week. You know, we, there's always something going on on tour, but I do feel like this week produced um, produced a few that that I I gotta say an eleven wood. Let's just start there. Why not? Let's let's rip the bandaid off. So last week. Michelle Wee makes her return to professional golf first event since 2019 and Callaway catches up with her on the course and she's hitting a shot in on a par five and they ask her what, what club are you hitting Michelle and she pulls out an 11 wood rarely seen a Callaway rogue 11 wood and I just about lost it because <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a pro with an 11 wood i mean we we were talking about seven woods being a big deal out on the pga tour mm-hmm. um you know and i, I know on the lpga uh, you know seven woods are a lot more prevalent nine woods you'll see on occasion yeah they're not completely wood, uncommon nine woods you'll see but an 11 wood rarely rarely yeah. seen so your people are probably wondering if they've ever seen an 11 wood out there. What club does that replace in your bag? Well, for Michelle, it replaces her five iron. And this is a club that she's actually been using going all the way back to 2017. Um, she actually kind of detailed it at the 2017 Women's British Open. I, I did some digging into the, uh, to the golf transcript archives. I'm sure you guys are really jealous. And, <laughs> and so the, the, as, the story, as the story goes... She was was looking for a club that was going to be a little bit more accurate, uh, have a higher launch than a, than a blade five iron that she was using at the time, and she decides to get an, an eleven wood. She actually even put a nine wood in the bag during during that twenty seventeen season. So she had the nine wood and the eleven wood. She cut the club down a little bit, and we'll have to get get Chris's take on that. Um, and throw, throws it in the bag, playing with it in. During the season, she was talking to World Golf Hall of Famer Meg Mallon, and Michelle's probably thinking, you know, hey, I got this new 11 wood. I got to talk to Meg about it. She brings it up, and Meg one-ups her and says, 
Well, yeah, I want a U.S. Open with a 13 wood. 13 wood? How much loft does a 13 wood have? Is that like a pitching so, wedge loft? And I was going to say, 13, so an 11 wood has I mean. 25. 25 degrees of loft on an 11 wood. Uh, 13 wood, what is that, like 29? 29, 29? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's cra- crazy loft. But, but again... 13 wood. I don't even know if I've ever seen one of those before. And now I've seen an 11 wood, but it's just, it's one of those stories that highlights that even, even pro golfers can benefit from, from high lofted fairway woods. We've talked about it a lot on the pod that, you know, if, if you struggle with, with your long irons, even getting into your five iron, you can throw in a hybrid, but there is aside from a hybrid, you could also throw in an 11 wood. It's just, it's, it's one of those, you know, versatile clubs that Michelle has, has found uh, to be kind of a go-to for her over, you know, the last, I guess, four years that she's played professional golf, even though I know she took a break in there, but yeah, just, again, it goes to show you that, that not every set is super conventional in professional golf, that there are players that, that like an 11 wood. How small is the, how small is the head on an 11 wood? I feel like that would be intimidating to hit. Like I'd almost rather hit a five iron. No. Really? Is it really is it really more forgiving? Like a five uh, iron's not crazy hard to hit. I feel like that's still I guess, one of those clubs like you have decent control over. I mean, you can I go like to really a split depend. set where you get like a little cavity back assistance. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, an eleven wood. I don't know. Like, would I hook that I, off the planet? So an eleven wood. What do you think, CC? I, I just I just got a, I just got an actual number for you. What do you, What do you think, Rogue? Eleven wood. What do you think, CC size? I'm going to guess around 130. Dursky? I'll take the under, I guess. I don't know. 134. Chris is almost Dang. money. Dang. So, yeah. it's uh, Now, what about that is, 13 wood? Yeah, what's that 13 now, at? 127? Now a, 13, a 13 wood is not on, listed, listed anywhere that I could find. I, I, would, I would guess it's probably even smaller than that. But, I mean, sure. I, maybe you you would be better off hitting like if you had like a game improvement five iron, but you know, an, an 11 wood that's going to give you, that's going to give you some crazy forgiveness, even if you're kind of missing it off the heel or the toe. I mean, 134 is not super tiny. Chris, but... you have any experience with 11 woods? Like if I went to the range and I hit a five iron He's versus a 11 wood, what should I expect? I mean, 11 wood launch and spin compared to that, 25 to 27 degree lofted five iron i would expect that 11 wood way higher and more spin mm-hmm. i mean yeah, length on it i'm it's been a little while since i've sold an 11 wood i'm <laughs> if i if i don't I'm blame you correctly I, I don't blame you maybe now it'll 40, change though people are going to be coming into true to spec, 41 like and a half that 11 wood i need that 11 wood <laughs> i i was trying to think i think uh i know callaway I know Callaway makes the 11 woods. Uh, I think Ping goes down to a nine. Uh, I don't think TaylorMade's doing an 11 wood. I was I was trying to think manufacturers that still produce an 11 wood today with that high 20 loft rating on it. You can bet I'm going to get my hands on one and do this test though. I'll report I back, say, but I gotta do the you, test. You know what we gotta you, do? We got we gotta we gotta test. Take it to the sure. course. Got the GC, get the GC quad fired up. Let's see what's actually going on. I mean, I, I that's the only really way to do it. Curious to see. All right, what shaft are you gonna put in there? 
What shaft? I don't do you know. What should, what should I? Should I put in like my five iron shaft, or should I go with graphite? I mean, since it's so short, if you play a, a seventy gram category in your in your three wood, and you cut it down, that short, I don't even have a three. Be... I don't have a three wood. <laughs> oh, I mean, what do you play in your irons? I got C taper one thirty X's. Oh, now that would be an interesting combination. C taper, C taper uh, one thirty X taper with an eleven, 11 wood. <laughs> oh, have to do it. Absolutely. This is a Franken club I want to see. Yeah, it's a must. All right. I guess uh, fully equipped listeners, look out for that one. I'm very intrigued yeah, now. This a steel shafted, steel shafted uh, eleven wood. We got to get video of this. I want to see it. Like it feels like I would just hook it off the planet, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, build Launch it just up, a little spin longer up. than that than that five iron, and let's just see what happens. All right, I'm down. Let's go. I'm fired up. So, so Michelle actually said that there are two different shots that she likes to to pull off with this eleven wood. One is as kind of as Chris mentioned is is that high towering approach into the green, and then the second she actually said is she likes to hit a flighted eleven wood. That how do you flight an eleven wood? Like, how do you even go about hitting that shot? You catch it a couple a grooves more, low. A little bit more skill. Yeah, catch catch it catch it a groove or two low. You like aim for the and, leading uh, edge of the the fairway. I was going to say, or or more specifically, the leading hedge. That's where I was going with that. But you well, sometimes I hit a great knockdown. Sometimes I top it. You know, 50-50. 50-50. coin flip. <laughs> she pured the flighted one though. I was I was pretty impressed because I'm like, man, eleven one. That's got a crazy high loft. But, She's uh, still a talented yeah. golfer. You got to remember that as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But you know, if you're out there wondering if you should benefit from an eleven wood, why don't, just just wait until Tursky. Yeah, wait until I does, try. It. Does his test? Wait until Tur- <laughs> let that Tursky be the test dummy before I'll be you, the first over the hill. And uh, and buy one. I will say I started looking around as as you guys were talking, and I don't see a whole lot of OEMs selling eleven woods. I mean, Cal- Callaway's Callaway's one of the few. Um, I found a nine wood in the in the G four twenty five Max. We got Zexio. And Zexio's got an eleven in the mix. Zexio, I'll say Zexio, and and that's kind of what I was. The next thing is is you you might find it. It just might not be in a brand that you really think of as as having a tour presence. Although Ernie Els played Zexio for, uh, for a little while last for last season. So it's not like it's a brand that isn't out on tour, but, but again, ones that you probably aren't used to seeing week in and week out. Um, Zexio and Callaway. Wait, <laughs> the few, the few, the proud, the 11 woods. They, they're cornering uh, the market on the 11 yeah, wood. Yeah. I, I'm, How I'm is an sure 11 wood better than a hybrid? You know, I, I think for me, there are some golfers that, that I know that even when they look down at a hybrid, it's like, oh man, like I kind of like the look of a fairway wood better. I like that. I like that wider, the wider sole, you know, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. there's, there's a little bit more, more room for, for, in my opinion, room, well, more room for air with that wider sole of a fairway versus, you know, maybe more of a, of an iron like hybrid. I, I know there are larger profiles now with the hybrids, but you know, that would be my reasoning for, for maybe trying an 11 wood over, over a hybrid is if you're just the type of person that struggles with turf interaction. What do you think, Chris? No, I agree hundred percent. I mean that, that footprint of the fairway wood gives them an opportunity to move that weight a little lower, keep that CG back and far away, higher MOI. 
And more often than not, you're going to get a little bit more of a neutral footprint. Doesn't have that draw bias that a lot of the hybrids tend to have. And you get a little longer shaft too. So a little longer shaft for most people, you can get a little bit more club head speed. I mean, you would think that the majority of players in that demographic using the the 11 wood that we keep talking about are going to be looking for a little bit more launch, a little more height, a little more spin that they would potentially struggle with an equivalent lofted hybrid. I feel like modern hybrids have gotten like so good and so fade bias. But then you look at the PGA Tour. I mean, some guys are throwing in more hybrids than ever, but a lot of them are going with those seven woods like we talked about, like Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson. I mean, a lot of those guys have been going with higher lofted fairway woods. So, you know, time to revisit the space for me. Time to take a look. But I can see how it would get confusing for consumers. I mean, there's a lot of options in that wheelhouse right now that are really good and they're only getting better. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I I will point this out, the seven wood for for tour players, if you're wondering why we're seeing so many seven woods, it's because of of gapping. You know, a lot of these guys, they're hitting the ball so far that a five wood even for like a guy uh, with DJ's speed, you know, five wood might be creeping up too close to the three wood. It might, it might leave a larger gap. So that seven wood fills the gap between his, his longest iron and his three wood better than a five wood. It's just, you know, the faces are, are getting hotter, especially on, you know, driver technology for the most part we've, we've, we've discussed in the past is face technology, especially, you know, with the exception of, you know, Titleist this, this year with their new design we, we really haven't seen a whole lot of game-changing speed. Fairway woods are different. You know, that that's an area where I feel like there was some room for serious growth, and that's where we've seen it is is in that space. And, and that's why we've got guys now going to seven woods. It's just, it just feels, it fills that gap better. Maybe it's not a club that, you know, the, the average amateur needs to consider. But for a tour pro, with that, with that like I said, with that kind of speed, it, it definitely serves a purpose. We'll see. We're putting and it to we'll the see. test, and so we'll, we'll see. And we'll also see what an 11 wood does for your game, Tursky. You might, you might be bagging one of those before uh, before we know. Maybe we'll get you in a Meg Mallon 13 wood, although I might have trouble finding one of those. Oh, man. A previous version of myself is going to be sad if I if I end up throwing an 11 wood in. But, you know, I've got to tuck your pride if you want right, to lower that's your right. score. That's what it's about. All right. So, so last week – we we had a return of of the gear free agent at the WGC match play the the final pairing on I shouldn't say pairing but the head to head matchup on Sunday between Scotty Scheffler and Billy Horschel um maybe some people noticed it I would assume most probably didn't but both guys are are actually gear free agents so they don't have any ties Horschel and PXG split ties Scheffler surprisingly has not had a a club deal since he turned pro can't believe he's, it he's stayed he's strong still, yeah he's still on staff for for with with the nike apparel but but no no gear deal and which i love again because i've called as i've called him before he's he's a he's an equipment unicorn i think he usually has about five or six brands represented in the bag we've talked ad nauseum or i should say i have about his uh vr pro limited <laughs> Fairway Wood, one of my favorite clubs on tour. That club showed up about seven episodes straight on this show. <laughs> I, I think I think there's a there's a there's a, a clause in my contract that it, I, if I don't mention it in every episode, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get let go. So, well, you're getting paid but, then, and you got a job. I, you're good. Yeah, I say I got I got a job talking about the same the same fairy wood in almost every episode. And but snuck it I in digress. here. <laughs> this is a so, segment about their bags. You still snuck it in. So good. I was about to say I, I did I did find a way to sneak it in there. I, a pros pro quota hit. There we go. There we go. Exactly. And oh, by the way, are they're not only gear free agents, but they they don't have major sponsors on their staff bags. This this is an interesting one. So if you if you're watching the coverage on Sunday, you may have noticed that both Scheffler and Horschel have Vessel staff bags. Vessel is a very popular staff bag brand on the PGA Tour. And they have their names on kind of that front panel when, when the bag is facing you. And both of them have, you know, sponsor agreements. Horschel has a sponsor agreement. He has Fairmont Hotels prominent, prominently positioned on the front there on that panel. And Scheffler is a, a, a community bank. It's called Veritex. But the major side panels, the ones that you always see emblazoned with Titleist or you know, the Nike swoosh or Callaway or Ping or, you know, again, TaylorMade, all the major OEMs, those panels were blank. And so people were like, man, hold up. What's what's going on? Well, neither one of them has has found, I guess they haven't found a sponsor that, that matches up to the number, the valuation that they have for that space. And I would argue that next to, you know, the front of hat or the shirt, you know, on the on the left or right chest, there, there's no more prominent spot or more, you know, important spot than the, those major side panels on the staff bag. And, you know, everybody wants to know. And again, it's weird. When it comes to, to gear deals, there, you know, manufacturers are typically pretty cagey about offering up numbers in, in years of deals. You know, Mizuno, to their credit this year, they announced that they had re-signed Keith Mitchell to a deal. And they mentioned the number of years for the agreement, three years. I, I, Tursky, have you ever, I, I think that's got to be the first time I've ever seen an, a major OEM mention the number, the length of a gear deal. They literally never announced the years. That was very surprising. I love they did that. I wish they did that more. Like with every other sport we get, oh, $60 million, three years. It's like, let us know. Come on now. So it would be, hats it would off be to cool Mizuno. To, Appreciate that It would be that cool one. to know that because. <laughs> TaylorMade or Callaway you know, or Title, I mean, they would just never do that though. Well, could be a prove-it year. I mean, think about it. If, if a guy starts playing well, maybe he realizes like, hey, if I play really well, maybe I get re-signed. If not, I play really well and I, I, get, a, I get a big money deal to go sign elsewhere. I think that would be a fun story to track during the course of a season. But again, they don't, they don't kick around those numbers very often. There would so. be so much tampering from other companies too. Oh yeah. Well, it, <laughs> they it, know it exactly happened. when the contract's up. I mean, they know when. It the, already happened. Four months I, before, you, they're sending them clubs to their their driveway. For sh- oh, for sure. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, a few years back, I was I was in Vegas for for the Shriners event, and there was a a fairly prominent tour pro on the range, and I kid you not, there were at least five different OEMs just milling around behind him, just talking. And watching him hit balls, that's like the PGA like, Tour every every week. I was, you know, like how blood it is. in the water. Everybody <laughs> knew that his deal was up at the end of the year, and they were all just and like nobody cares. They all know, so they're just gonna all hang around and watch him yep. hit balls and yep. just show him, hey, we're interested in you, man. Like, we care. Just just so you know, we'll, we'll we'll be more than happy to get you a new set of clubs. 
and and the there's that that's just the way that it goes. So you can tell if you if you're ever at a tour event, usually late in the season, just just take a look on the range and see if there are a whole bunch of manufacturers milling around behind a player. You can pretty much assume that he's going to be a free agent. Yep. If there's five tour reps changing out heads and shafts and hovering with with TrackMan uh, iPads, you know what's going on. Yeah, free a- free agent, and they're they're trying to uh, get him on staff. Is what it is, though. So That's I'm, the game. I mentioned it in the story, but it, because it is a pretty important spot that, that those side panels, it comes with it comes with a pretty high valuation. I talked I talked to a couple of guys in the industry and asked them, all right, what is a guy like a Horschel or a Scheffler who are both both in the top thirty or they were going into the week in the official World Golf Rankings? Like, what does that get you if you wanted to get a sponsor? And they said somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred to five hundred k. That is just nuts. for the side panels on the side of the bag. But Nuts. you know the money's so the money's so good on tour that if you're playing that well, you probably like 300, 500k. Maybe not that big of a deal. Maybe you maybe but you that hold doesn't out affect and, you and at all. For, it's not like you're on contract to play a putter or a driver that actually affects you. Right. It's just on the yeah. side of your bag. Like yeah, it's super yeah. visible. But they might not even have to do media days for deals like that. Like and does he have to do a media go. day for Fairmont or whatever Horschel has on the front of his bag? Maybe half a day. I, I mean, I would, I would assume it's probably part of the deal. He's probably got a, he's probably got like a day or two of of obligations, and that was the whole reason with like Kepka. The reason why he's never signed a deal is because those open you know tour pros when they're not playing, you know that's their downtime, and yeah. some guys are okay giving it up. And you know taking the money, and others just do not want to under you know any circumstances. I mean, Kepka's making enough money from his Nike apparel deal and making enough money on the golf course, but that's why I never wanted to take a deal is he just doesn't want to give up those days. And, and you got, you got to respect that. And, you know, Horschel and Scheffler, both of them holding out, uh, Daniel Berger too. I saw a lot last week in Austin. He's got a, he's got a blank staff bag. So there are some pretty, some pretty prominent names out on the PGA tour who still don't have, you know, any type of sponsor on, on the side panels, but it is, it is expensive. If you, if you're thinking, well, man, what would it cost to, to, I wonder what return on uh, investment is. What's return on investment. It's it's gotta, it's gotta be low. It's gotta be, I mean, it's almost like a cool thing for a business to do. Like, Hey, we're on Billy Horschel's bag. You know, it's almost like that kind of thing. Not necessarily like, you know, we're making an investment on this thing. Like it's visible, it's visible, but to, to pro-ams. Yeah, right. Get a spot in the pro. Like a bar stool. Do like, like do. I mean, I know, I know, like, I'm not, this is tampering. So whatever. I I don't, I don't care. But just, I mean, I know, I know they've (laughs) got. tampering right now? Let's go. Well, uh, for for example, like I know that I know that bar stool and like Kevin Kisner, you know, they've like, they've, they've, they seem to be pretty tight, at least from what I've seen on social media. Why doesn't bar stool like put a, put like their signage on the side of his staff bag? I bet you they could probably get some decent ROI. I feel like they had a deal with like Jim Renner at some point. It was years Did ago. They? Yeah, they had like okay. Renner's Army going on. I don't know if they ever sponsored anything though. I don't know. Anyway. Good question. Maybe they maybe they realize it's not a good return on investment. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But yeah, there 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 is it, it is uh it is a little bit pricey if you want the the side panels. But again, those those guys are, you know, there are way more guys out there that are using staff bags with their manufacturer on the side. So this is this is very uncommon. But again, the, to see both the guys in the final group on Sunday with with blank side panels, that's something that you almost never see. So, all right, 
let's stick in Austin for a little bit and and kind of do a, a bit more of a rundown on some of the gear changes from last week. Biggie, a guy that we we would love to see playing well, but it, it just it's not working out right now. He switched coaches. Roy McIlroy. Mm. So mm. now he's with Tough uh, he's he's with he's with Pete Cowan, but it's it's just it's not it's not going right and you know what happens for for a lot of tour pros when things aren't going right they go back to something that was and and that's what rory did if for people that remember you know he was playing taylor made's the p7 mbs and he had switched over to the true temper dynamic gold x7 shafts that's that's the stiffest product that that dynamic gold makes it's you know stiffest steel product out there yep it just it didn't work so rory and austin decided to make a whole bunch of changes we already talked about last week he changed putters he went to a tailor-made spider x hydro blast with a super stroke grip that was a big change for him some of the other changes that he made last week went back to his old iron setup tailor-made p760 in the three through four p730 in the five through pitch back to the project x shafts you know, it's it's one of those things where again he's struggling. He's going to go back to something that was working. Now he's working with Pete Cowan. I, I'm sure they just kind of want to you know start with a, a pretty positive baseline and go from there. The interesting change that I do want to discuss is not the irons for Rory. It's the wedges. He switched to the TW grind from TaylorMade, the MG2, MG2 TW grind. He's in the TW1156 degree and the TW1160 degree. Um, was told that it, it is due to the versatility that those wedges, you know, we've, we've discussed those wedges before on the pod. Tiger has a very intricate design on that 56 and 60 that allows him to play it from a very square position and also from an open position. And we, you know, Rom was using the TW grind at one point. Woodland. Um, Woodland was using TW grind. People like that, they like, that like that like wedge. I like that too. wedge too. I've tried I it out. I like that wedge. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some big changes from, from Rory last week. Uh, again, I think we all want him to, to see him play well at, at Augusta. It's the only major that he needs to complete the career grand slam. But yeah. Got to give him changes, some time. He's going through changes swing changes. Door. You got to give him some time. I know Taylor Mead's probably a little upset. He changed out of the new irons, but it's like you got to go back to square one, something you're familiar with, especially when you're going through swing changes. Like, I mean, Tiger basically took a year and a half off every time he made swing changes. You know, like it takes time. Yeah, it does. Got to get his sure, game back. For sure it does. Can't expect yeah. too much of him at, a, at Augusta this year, I don't think, in my opinion, unless he just gets super hot for some reason. But, you know, you got to kind of let him go away for three, four months, figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And He's not I, playing very well. I mean, what are you going to do? He's not, he's not playing well. <laughs> no, you you got to mix it up. In this, in this day and age, you know, you're, you're not going to guys, – guys are given such a short leaf or a short leash compared to even, you know, years past. Maybe that's due to social media, you know, instant gratification. Everybody wants their, their favorite guy to play well right away, you know swing changes be damned like you need to be winning and and i think everybody starts to wonder if rory's lost it but yeah you're right i mean it it, it takes time and and you know, he'll get back there and maybe it's with old gear i know that the the iron shaft change was directly tied to a ball change he's switching to the new the new tailor-made tp5 x ball 
And so, you know, we'll, we'll see him back on top. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it again. He's just got, he's got to get, got to get with Pete and, and start working on a couple of things. So, so um, much change. change, change the ball, change the wedges, change the irons, yeah. change the swing. Yeah. Ugh. You know, it, it's, it, I don't think we give tour pros enough credit for, for their ability to adapt to new gear. Yep. I don't think we do either. I mean, it's amazing how think, quickly they make those changes. Like they're trying to hit specific numbers, like within 0.5 yards. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, and that's, that's what impresses me so much is the fact that they're able to replicate a lot of those numbers, you know, working with those tour reps who are, who are such a huge part of the equation for, for the tour pros, they're able to replicate a lot of those numbers from one year to the next, find some improvements along the way, but yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, changing out driver, changing out fairways, um, you know, new golf ball, new irons. It just, it's, there's a lot there. I, again, I don't think we give them enough credit for being able to make the changes and keep on winning kind of like DJ's done over his entire career. He's made changes all the time and it, you know, he, he kept winning at least one time per year. It's, it's just wild to me that, that guys can do that. And, you know, for the most part, not skip a beat. DJ makes no sense, man. He'll just ch- he'll chase drivers from like Thursday to Friday and still stripe it the whole time. It's incredible. Putters. Yeah, I he he's 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 Teflon, man. I mean, he can make any change and it just doesn't doesn't seem to phase him. Um he did make a change to the driver. He went from uh I should say speaking to DJ, went to the TaylorMade Sim 2 Max. He was in the Sim 2 just looking, you know, his his go-to shot shape is that is that fade off the tee, and just felt like that, you know, with a little bit of internal work that Sim Two Max gave him that, you know, fade shot shape. So he made a change to the driver. Tommy Fleetwood, I don't want to forget about this <laughs> one because it's yeah, this is funny. Exactly. Uh, this, this is this is one of the more interesting changes of of the season. So Fleetwood. Is as most probably know that that are deep in the gear scene. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already are deep in the gear scene. But he's been using an Odyssey White Hot Pro number three putter for for years and years, and he used it during his opening match of match play. He scraped out a half against Siwoo Kim. Shows up for day two with a TaylorMade Trust TM1. And I was kind of surprised. I'm like, man, I mean, he didn't play that poorly. I looked, I looked at uh, at the you know card from the match. Seemed to be playing okay. Guess he's trying something different. He wins four and three. And what does he do for day three? He goes back to the Odyssey. Changes back. Changes back you to the Odyssey after winning after winning four and three. Again, no rhyme or reason to this. You know, Fleetwood's really familiar with that putter. We've seen DJ do it over the years. You know, I was I was telling uh, on our pre-production call, telling Tursky, you know, it was probably four or five years ago, Hideki Matsuyama won um, an Akron when the Akron event was still there. And he won by like five or six. And he was playing with a new TaylorMade putter that week. And the next very next week, he changes putters after after – basically boat racing the field. He changes putters. We've seen DJ do it before. He's won events and changed back to putters. It's fam- it's a familiar thing. Maybe he maybe Fleetwood felt like his stroke was back on track so he can go go back to the old putter, but yeah, just you win a match, get out of here. I'm going back to the old one. 
This just proves yeah. this just Maybe proves to me that. like how big a head cases we all are on the putting green. Like, <laughs> uh, yes, all of us, not just tour pros. But yeah, uh, I mean, but, you're but striving for the goal well. to like play great golf, win a match four and three. And it's like, no, I could still be better. Like, I'm going to change my putter. I mean, I respect it. Sometimes you got to switch it up. Last time I played, I played with two putters in the bag. Sometimes you got to do it. You know, and Wait, it's like, hold up. it's hold like, up. hold on, before I get to that, it's like when uh, Adam Scott, like, he'll practice with a different putter than his gamer Monday, Tuesday, yeah, like, even Wednesday, even Wednesday morning. And I asked him one time, it's like, Adam, like, why do you always test putters, but you never change? He's like, I literally just test them so my putter looks and feels fresh on Thursday. Like, he doesn't even think about changing into them, which is crazy. But, yes, last time I played, I played with two putters in the bag. Would you like to ask a question about it? Or, That's my, like, I'm struggling on so, the greens. What do you want me to do? I have 40 so putts let's, every let's time talk, I play. Let's now. talk about this. What what two putters do you have in the bag? Or what, what did you have in the bag? I got the Scotty Terillium Santa Fe with, like, the little slant neck. Super yeah, old, yeah. old school. Love, love that putter. putter. And then I got the Ping B60, which is, like, way different. And it's way – they're both super light. I feel like I need to get a heavier putter into the into the mix. But I am making nothing. It's wild. Oh, my God. What are the head weights on those? Do you know? I don't know exactly. They're very light, though. They're, like, 325, probably 330. That's, that's pretty light for today's standards. I feel like standard today is, like, closer to 350. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple other putters. I mean, I have some mallets that I could switch to, but I hate going mallets because with mallets, I always feel like I have to go cross hand. Like I'm telling you, it's a mess right now. We might not want to have this segment. But so what? <laughs> in, a, in a situation like that, Chris, if if Turski really likes his putter, and I'm just kind of using this as an example for for other golfers out there who might be struggling with the same thing, mm-hmm. let's just say he really likes his his Santa Fe. Yeah, he feels it's too light. What what are his like? What what are the options that he has to to add head weight without like totally screwing up the putter? I do have some lead tape on there in the back, just so you know. But, and yeah, you can do a couple of different things. You can you can actually port it out and add tungsten to it. You can do the lead tape route. You can put tungsten powder down the shaft. You can go lighter grip. I mean, yes. there's there's a couple of different things that you can do to it. I need it tungsten plugs on. like Tiger. I need to hit up Mike Taylor. Saying, now Tursky, the yes. wheels are spinning. He's already <laughs> looking for his for his tour-only Santa Fe putter with tungsten plugs. It's already the Terillium with the white dots. I mean, it's already Tiger-inspired. There you go. May as well. Maybe Scotty will hook you up. That, reach yeah. out to Scotty. Get a, get a one-on-one. I'm going to get one-on-one stamped on the face, too. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> how many – How many? Tons. And still have 40 putts. Putter will look What's, cool, though. How many, how many strips of lead tape would you have to add to a putter that was, like, 315 to get it to, like, 340? Oh. I mean, you <laughs> figure – An entire roll? Well, you got uh, about a – if you're using single density lead tape at a gram roughly per inch, uh-huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's role. a Scott Piercy be, putter be at that off. point. It's just caked in lead tape. It's only yeah, lead tape. There's no finish showing. <laughs> that, that, there, there's one way to ruin a putter. Caking in, in lead tape. That poor putter and, just uh, swimming in lead tape. Let me just say right away, don't do that. Don't don't no. just jam a whole bunch of lead tape on your on your putter. Absolutely. You know, somebody's somebody's gonna stick an entire roll on the back flange of uh of their putter. 
and uh, yeah. and make it make it as tall. Yeah, why not? Sure. It's it's but, not ruined. It's custom. <laughs> you go wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, if you don't know what you're doing with lead custom. tape, though, you can really severely affect like the weighting of the putter, the way it's actually designed to be hit. Right. Yeah, you can change CG location. You can change acoustics of it. You can totally change the feel. That's for sure. I'm sure you've seen some crazy uh, lead tape jobs. People coming into TrueSpec, right? Oh, <clears throat> it, yeah. And unfortunately, there's there's even some tour guys that come rolling in, and you go, "So, what was it you were actually trying to accomplish?" <laughs> and uh, the answers not, are, sir. I, yeah, it's whatever it was you were trying to do, you failed miserably. Yeah, and it uh, it never ceases to amaze me the 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 lack of working knowledge that some of these guys. I mean, they're playing at the highest level on the biggest stage. And they come in, and I start asking a question or two about their equipment. They're like, oh, I just swing it. Like, well, all right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it happens. Not, not, not every guy out there is completely in tune with their, with their gear. You know, I remember I was watching uh, a What's in the Bag video recently. Who was that? Maybe it was John Rom. I think it was. And, and Rom basically was like, I mean, couldn't give you the specs on my clubs. Like, it, it's it, like I'm a feel guy, so if it feels good, I trust the guys in the truck to, to kind of dial me in. But you know, feels good comes out of the right window. I'm going with it. So hey, there's more there's guys a lot like to be that. said for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys out there like that. Yeah, where you look at it as if it comes out of the right window and it it checks the box, a look good, sound good, feel good. Ignorance is bliss. They don't need to know that this is. You know, labeled as a 65 gram shaft that actually plays at 69 and what the torque ratings are and mm-hmm. you know the the head weight of their putter and yep. it's I distracting that it's distracting sometimes too it like, is you're it thinking about is. like oh the torque is 3.2 on this i need something that's 2.9 it's like yeah if i had know. something at 3.1 <laughs> i wouldn't hit that i wouldn't have that miss yeah right like the goal is to hit good shots at the end of the day sometimes we we do f- tend to forget that that's it. I'd, I'd be curious if you went up to somebody like Steve Stricker and was like, hey, what's the headway to that putter? You think he, he'd have any idea? <laughs> no, he would tell you to get I, away I from bet, him. I bet Steve Stricker. No, he might, he might not. He, he probably knows the lie he, angle. I bet he knows the lie angle better than the weight. He's been, he's been using that Odyssey for, for eons. I, I, bet, I bet you he does the specs on it. Um, all right. Well, before we get into this week's mailbag, a couple more gear changes I wanted to just briefly point out. Ian Poulter changed out his Odyssey White Hot XG number seven, a putter that again he's he's used kind of like Stricker. He's used it forever. Um, he went back to it more recently in the last couple of years. He switched to a Scotty Cameron Phantom X eleven. It the Phantom X we've talked about it a whole bunch. It's it's on fire right now along with uh, the Odyssey. Uh, two ball 10 those those are by far the two most popular new models out on tour at the moment yep matt kuchar switch putters sifted through his <laughs> putter stash in his garage garage putter and uh Love garage it. putter yeah yeah and uh found a betnardi km2 uh welded mid slant putter um you know pretty pretty similar spec wise to the the arm lock that he was using before only difference is is that the KM2 is a mallet, and the KM1 is a wide body blade. So he's just just kind of from what I was told, looking 
um, just for something fresh, just different visuals that addressed and, and was hoping to get a different look. Putted pretty well. I mean, he, he, uh, he got into, was he, I think he was, he was, yeah, he was in the final four. He finished third. So, I th- he finished third, third, I think. But his, yeah, uh, yeah. his old putter must be one of the winningest putters in terms of like how much money he's won on tour, right? You got Snedeker, Tiger. Yeah. yeah that, that, now that's an interesting one. We should, we should like dig into that and see. Jordan like, Spieth's won a lot. Putters. It's got to be close. Yeah. He's yeah, got to be up he, there. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely got to be up there. I mean, DJ, he his spider. It, it's it's won thirteen out of his twenty four tour events. Um, so I mean, there there's another putter. It's it's tough because putters are so guys are so fickle when it comes to the putter. It it just it happens. So anyway, change for uh, for Kucher. Other changes that uh, this one I think is pretty interesting. It's coming to retail, which I think always excites listeners more than just hearing us drone on and on about tour changes for gear that they might not get their hands on. (laughs) Ping has a new wedge that I I can promise you is coming out. It's called the Glide Pro Forged. It's got a really clean look to it. Like a lot of the Ping clubs recently, they've done a really good job, I think. And and, um, to their credit, they've, they've really cleaned up the the aesthetics of of a lot of their especially their better player stuff really minimal badging um minimal like stamping it just it they look great they have a new wedge bubba watson terrell hatton louis taze and Corey connors were all testing it i did see that bubba had the wedges in the bag in austin but again this is one where if it's out on tour it there's a very good chance it's coming to retail soon and We've got a lot of uh, a lot of months left in 2021. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a, out on a limb and say that's gonna be uh, coming to retail this year. How about that? I, I have no idea. I'm just, I trust I'm just, I trust you on that one. Just, They've probably just, been working uh, on that wedge for like a year, getting all these guys feedbacks. It's probably perfect, exactly what they want. The it's forged. Um, Everyone's gonna other want changes. It. Joel Damon won the same week that he switched to Ping's G425 LST driver. Fleetwood, um, I was told that this was a little bit because of the success of this high lofted fairway wood added a 21 degree tailor-made Sim 2 Max fairway to the bag. I would guess based on, did you guys see what Jordan Spieth said about the conditions at Augusta? He said they're already super firm, right? Super firm, like two to three. That's very exciting. Very exciting. I I think you're going to be seeing a lot of high lofted fairways. I would I would say there's probably going to be a run on seven wood heads. For what about a, eleven woods? Who's most likely Who's most likely to put an eleven wood in? Probably Webb Louis. Simpson. Louis. I'm going to Louis. say Webb Simpson will do it. Louis would do it. I I'm 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 almost certain that that he would be the guy if I had to put money on somebody. Louis Ustazen. Sweet swinging Louis. Or or one of the former champions. Who else is Who else is in the field? <laughs> One one of one of the older guys is Larry Freddie, playing Freddie, this year. <laughs> Freddie Couples comes out <laughs> with an eleven wood. Freddie's rocking an eleven wood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna happen. So yeah, I do. So he he had a high lofted fairway. Siwoo Kim was spotted with Callaway's Apex TCB. That's the uh, the tour version of of their cavity back Apex. Um, I think it's. I think it's slated to come out at retail. Maybe I'm spilling the beans there, but I I think it is. John Rom. Had a, a fresh set of Callaway Jaws Forge wedges made, um, and Hideki saw him with six putters as I as I discussed last week on the pod. He also added a tailor made Sim UDI three iron. And from talking to reps, J 
Just uh, as a little bit of a teaser to what's going on this week at San Antonio, the wind is whipping, so you're probably going to see a lot of utility irons and two irons in the bag for this week as guys try and find something they can flight off the tee and from the fairway. And wedge guys, Aaron Dill in particular, are busy. And why? Because the Masters is on tap, so everybody's looking to get fresh grooves. Now, something interesting that uh, that I don't know if we've ever really talked about – Tour pros want fresh grooves, but a lot of guys like to have them at least a week or two in advance just so they can kind of break them in and dole the the groove edge a little bit. They, they want zip. They don't want, you know, full zip. Although, if Augusta's really firm, like two to three weeks ahead of schedule, maybe they actually want a set of brand spanking new fresh grooves for uh for a firm Augusta. I can't, I can't wait. I really hope that it's as firm as Spieth's talking about. So... Those are your changes from Austin. Let's get into this week's mailbag. This is an interesting question, and and I I can't wait to get your takes. Um, The question is, I just bought some new balls and was trying to figure out yardages. How can you accurately find numbers when you go to the range that are stuck hitting nothing but range balls? This is such a good question because I feel like this is a one that every golfer, unless you're a tour pro, struggles with. I love this question so much because it really it, it's like impossible to do um, your numbers with range balls, especially if you're at like a limited flight range hitting off mats. You know, th- those numbers are not going to translate over the course when you got a premium golf ball, you're hitting off turf. Um, Chris, I, I'd love to get your take on this, actually. What's what's the difference between hitting off grass and hitting off mats? Like how does spin flight distance get affected? I mean, typically speaking, you're you're going to generally see more spin coming off of actual grass than you will off mats. So mm-hmm. mats uh, almost have a, a false sense of security with the ball being, for lack of a better description, almost teed up for you with an iron. So you strike it higher on the face, you get less spin, you'll see a little faster ball speed, a little more distance generally than what you're seeing actually out on the golf course. But I mean, when it comes to trying to dial in your distance and get your gapping correct on a a public range with range balls, like you said, it's, I mean, it's almost impossible. And there's, there's so many variables when it comes into the consistency of the golf ball that you're using on the range. And for most people, they're not going to understand how lack of dimples or a golf ball that's been sitting baking in the sun or sitting at the bottom of a water hazard that gets mixed in with a range ball is going to perform compared to a tour ball i mean there's there's significant differences just in quality of golf ball so let's talk about some solutions how do you how do you get your yardages with uh you know with the with these problems i mean the best way to do it is to see a professional i mean to see a a golf professional that has a reliable launch monitor that can give you an opportunity to do some testing uh i mean we offer a true spec plug here we offer a a gap fitting session uh, where a player can come in with their current set of clubs and actually do some testing on a, on a foresight or on a track man and hit the golf ball that they play, run through their whole set, get actual carry numbers. I mean, we can even adjust to the temperature that they're playing at, the altitude that they're playing at, and give them an opportunity to at least make sure their stuff is gapped properly and get those carry numbers that they need. Can I give a, can I give a, a more crude solution? That's That, to me, the one that Chris just said is is far and away the, the most logical way to go about this. It's going to be the, the most economical. 
you know, if, if you want, <laughs> if you don't want to go that route and you want to, you want to, you know, try and make things a little bit more difficult on yourself. One of the, the options, and, and I've done this and I still do it when, when I'm testing golf balls, find out when the last tee time of the day is at your, at your course and book up that last spot and find two or three holes on the golf course pick a yardage that you that you really like you know everybody has that one club in the bag that they that they really like to hit and find that yardage that it's like okay it's green light from you know 150 with an eight iron for me and just take you know five or six balls with five or six of the new that you're thinking about testing and moving into and five and five or six of your current ball and just hit them into the green from, from, you know, a, a reasonable yards, 150 and in, I think is probably good. And just, you know, try and really watch the flight of the ball and then go up to the green and see, I mean, if you have, you know, all the new, if all the new balls are on the backside of the green and, and by, Oh, by the way, if you're going to do this, make sure you're hitting to, try and find one of the flatter putting surfaces on your golf course. So you're not having the balls go rolling off, but see, you know, did, did the new balls, are they all on the backside of the green here? And, and maybe there's something to be said for, you know, maybe the ball's faster than what you were playing previously. It's, it's, it's a good way to at least get an idea of, okay, are these balls pretty comparable? Am I seeing the same flight, the same window, um, seeing the same distance? Do I like the feel? Plus, it's in a game situation, which I always think is better than just banging balls on a range because it kind of puts you in a different frame of mind. So that would be my um, suggestion if you're looking for something other than banging range balls and getting nowhere. Last tee time is the best way to practice your game. Also, not even not even just testing equipment or it's, it's just anything. Like you throw some balls down at, at 160 – I think this is a great way to figure out like how far your clubs actually go as well. Go to 160, say that's your 8-iron, hit a 7-iron, and hit it full and see where it lands. Like, Are you actually flying the green? Is that actually too much club? Or have you been under-clubbing the whole time? And it just like you said, it's, it's game pace too. Like You're hitting actual um, – it's your actual swing. On the range, you tend to fall into maybe swinging really smooth or you, know, you kind of – you work out something that <laughs> you could work it out on the course the way you actually want to work it out. Whereas on the yeah. range, it's just a different game. It's, you're not even playing golf, you know? For sure. Make sure you sand your divots and fix any, fix any the ball marks. marks. Yep. Please. And rake the traps. When you this. go in, when you go in yeah. and get your ball out of the trap, you probably hit two or three in there. Make sure you rake your footprints on the way out. No, nobody listening to this podcast is going to the bunker. <laughs> nobody's going to the greenside bunker. Everybody, everybody's everybody's pin high. Fifteen. The stripe show. Yeah, Everybody. Right. Uh, Tursky, what do you what, what do you think? What's your what's your suggestion? Go out on the course. Also, we uh, we talked about this. Um, you can get Team like course. those. You can get those like five hundred dollar launch monitors too. You know, and then yeah, I mean, how, you don't necessarily accurate, even have to go out on a course, though. How accurate are those, those things? I mean, have you have you ever tested one? I've tested. Um, I did the swing caddy, the voice caddy. I tested okay. that one. I mean, it was pretty good. You put it up against uh, TrackMan. It's I think it's supposed to be like three to five percent accuracy within yeah. that window. For, so for an average, you'll get wonky. For, you'll I mean, get wonky numbers, especially with like wedges. But you get yeah, up to but, a six, but you'll be seven. Able to tell after yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. 
that, that's another good suggestion. If you've, if you've got some extra cash, I mean, $500 launch monitor is a great way to, you could even take it out on the, on the course with you in, in trying to hit balls. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, you could buy a bunch and I, you know, I would never condone buying refurbished golf balls to play with. I, I don't really agree with, with going that route, yeah, but you could buy a bunch of refurb golf balls and, you know, try and get some baseline numbers. Uh, the only problem with that is it's just like, you don't know how they, like how they've been repainted or what kind of condition they were in before they are coming to you. Um, that would, that, you know, go out on the range, be like first or last on the range and pick your own balls. You got to ask your course if you're going to do that, but again, yeah, for that's sure. like stretching in it. I, I think Chris, Chris has got the best, you know, solution to this is, which is go see a certified club fitter, go see an instructor, somebody with a launch monitor and, and just work on your numbers, figure out your baselines with, with your current ball, hit the new product that you're interested in and, and see if it's worth pursuing. Um, I think those are your best options. Yeah, you can call ahead and like book a lesson, especially if they have a, a grass range that you really want to hit off. You can actually book a lesson, find like the assistant pros, the cheapest, and just be like, hey, I want to do gapping. You know, make sure they have like a TrackMan or a GC quad, get your distances, do gapping, or if you want to do ball testing or anything like that. I mean, you're basically renting the TrackMan for an hour at that point instead of getting a lesson. I don't know if they would want to do that, but it is an option. It's possible. That's how you, that's how you get the... Uh, the hour for uh for cheap right there there we go better than buying a track man yeah those those, those <laughs> are going to cost you more more than 10k yep, so yeah that'll run you up that's a great discussion and uh, again if you're going to do it the right way i would i would stick with chris and that'll do it for episode 84 fully equipped 84 episodes guys that's uh hard to believe that we've been doing it for this long we thank you again for listening if you want anything more as far as gear news you can always catch us on social media we're at fully equipped golf on instagram fully underscore equipped on twitter thanks as always for listening we'll see you next week